Welcome back, everybody. Episode number 17 of the Amplify Yourself podcast. Jules, how's it going today, buddy? It's a great day to be alive, man. Can you feel the power? <laughs> I can feel the power. <laughs> can you feel the power? What are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to bridge off of last week. Uh, if you listened last week or if you didn't, here's a quick update. It, we talked about educate to execute. Okay. And we wanted to really push home that you should do your research before you're going to pull the trigger on an investment or whatever it is. And then when you are educated enough, you have to actually make that leap, right? Buy that house, whatever it is. I continue to get texts from people, friends of mine, acquaintances, and then I get messages on social media about buying a house, right? And then more specifically, investing. And so many people have the misconception that they have to have 20 or 25% down on an investment property, when in reality, you can buy investment properties with different types of products that require less than 20 or 25% down. For sure. And you find that out by educating by yourself. educating yourself. That's right. That's so with right. that being said, this, this week, we could sit here and talk forever on all of the different products, but we're, we're really, what we're going to do is shed a little bit of light to create some thought and some questions to be generated on the listener's end yep. of reaching out and finding out what products are available and how you can apply them into investments. Now, we've already done an episode on arms. We're going to briefly talk about them, but mm -hmm. we did a whole episode on arms. That's one of the tools. And this topic really was kind of generated, generated thought, and we thought it would be a good idea because we're kind of coming off the heels of something that we've never seen before yeah. in in the housing industry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What was it? About a month ago, I think, or so. What's that? 40-year loan. Oh. oh. Right? So we've never seen yeah, that yeah. before. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going somewhere else with that. I thought we were going <laughs> to... That's so funny you say that. My mindset was in a different area for, uh, I was thinking of like the appreciative, uh, the appreciation of homes, like the unprecedented appreciation of oh, homes yeah. over the last couple of years. But what you're referring to is, yeah, a lot of your typical fixed rate mortgages from a lender have been 30 years. Now there's a lender that just came out with a 40 year loan. A couple things about that. It, it's a double-edged sword, all right? Now your, your monthly payments are going to go down, but over the course of the 40 years, the amount of interest you're paying is astronomical, right? I mean, the amount of money, if you look back, is it's going to be a lot, but it does allow people an opportunity to get into a home for less per month, and then you can always refi out. Refi. Or if you sell, obviously, you don't carry that note anymore. You sell in five to seven years, then it's null and void. That's what everyone has to realize when it comes to these. You know, you talk about an arm. You talk about a 15, a 30, now a 40-year. Nothing's permanent. Nothing's forever. Right. You know, you could be in something, and you always have the opportunity of refinancing or selling. Yeah. You know, one or the other can happen. But back to the tools, you know, you have a lot of people that are like, okay, well, investment property or first home, I can't, that 30 year rate right now is just over 6%. Yeah. 6.125 well, earlier today. Oof. I can't really afford that. I'm just out of budget by maybe $150. Well, okay. Now, if you educated yourself and you realize there's another product out that four or that 40 year, yeah, it's going to have a lower interest rate. That's right. Right, so it's going to drop your monthly payments. You can also do the same thing with an adjustable rate. The difference is you have the security of a fixed versus an adjustable. Yep. 
which you know my opinion on on the adjustables. Yeah, I mean, love them. I'm, I love them. Yeah, I, I lower think rate, a lot of options, and then even if you stay in that house, you just refi out to like a yeah. 15 year fixed after seven years, and you're good. So, right, and yeah. or you know, since there's a cap on their adjustment, that's what everyone says. Well, what if you turn around and in 10 years, when that 10 year adjustable is up, the rates are at 12. percent like, Well, you're probably capped at your adjustable at eight, so just let it adjust and hold on to it. Right, and right. Yeah, you're still lower than you know? what that average is at that time. Yeah. So some of the products, again, that are out there are the 40-year in our area, the 30-year, the 15, the adjustables, which are your 10, 7, and 5, which are all great. What does that correlate to? That's your that's There's a rate difference between all of them, which yep. translates to monthly payments, right? That's right. What else is something that people can educate themselves on? That is a tool or an opportunity created by the bank. I well, one one thing I love is seller concessions. So for those who are not privy to seller concessions, it is roping in a certain amount of your closing costs into your loan. So yeah, rates have gone up. Okay. They were at historical lows. They couldn't stay there. It would have been terrible for the housing market across the United States if the 30 year fixed rate was 2.75 for the next five years. It, it would have, that would have been way worse than us going up into the fives for the most part this right. year. And, and now it just eclipsed six, but uh seller concession. So let's say, uh, you, let's just use even numbers. Let's say you're going to have 10,000 in closing costs. Okay. Um, and you're buying a $300,000 home. If you use a conventional loan, you can do 3% seller concession. All right. So that's $9,000. So instead of your closing costs being 10,000, you rope 9,000 into your loan. Your loan increases very slightly. Every 10,000 you mortgage is going to be pennies compared to hundreds and thousands of dollars. And now you come to the closing table with 1,000 because you have 9,000 that's going into your loan. So another thing I like to think about too with these, um, although rates have gone up, when a property is an asset, it's going to make you money. It's all about the numbers. Or if it's a liability, again, it's all about the number. So rates have gone up and certainly that may take something that was a good investment and not make it as good. Or maybe you could have got this two years ago or a year ago at 2.75 and it would have been amazing, right? But now instead of an amazing investment, it's just really good. If the numbers work, they work. I wouldn't worry so much about the rates as long as you educate yourself and find the best loan you can use. And then once you find a product to get into a home or to buy an investment property, if the numbers work, they work. Pull the trigger. Add assets to your portfolio. Okay. So just don't have analysis paralysis. Make sure if the numbers work, go after it. Yeah. And other things outside of the rates and the different types of loans is we've talked about house hacking in the past. So how does that apply, right? Well, you can now be living in that space and then applying everything that you just talked about, still be making money on it. Yep. Right. So stay now I'm living in a spot and I want to get another, another place, Jules. Well, I can't live in two places at once. Right. So now if I'm buying something solely as an investment property that throws me into the commercial loan, right? Yeah, which is a higher, standard 25% down, higher you know, rate down or higher yeah. percentage down, higher rate, right? Could there now, what do you think about that? Is yeah. there a way around that or yeah. is there an opportunity that the bank gives you 
to still yeah. use it in your benefit? Yeah. I mean, there are lenders out there. My main man, Cruz, shout out to Cruz. He can, he told me about the secondary home loan. And, you know, if you're thinking about buying uh, a short-term rental, you know, STR Nation, shout out, um, you know, use the secondary home loan. If it's something that is technically an upgrade from your home, something that is waterfront, water view that you're going to rent out, you still can buy it as primary residence and you can rent it out, right? Or if, it, it, let's say you don't even want to invest. Let's say you're just looking to buy another asset. Maybe you're going to pass it off to your kids after you're gone, right? We're talking decades down the road. You want a lake house. Secondary home loan, 10% down, no PMI. Right, you're right? buying it as if it's an, a primary residence. That's right. Instead of and 25% you can have, down, 10%. Off of educating yourself, you're going to find out that you can have up to 10 mortgages, Yep. 10 conventional mortgages, right? Yep. Legally in your name. Yeah. You know, and they can all be a secondary or, you know, third or fourth or whatever, fall under the secondary home loan. They can't be on the same street, on the same lake right next to each other. But if you have a house in Florida and then you have another house in California and you want to add a third in Seattle yeah, or, you know, somewhere on one of the Great Lakes in Michigan or something, you can do all that. Yeah. And you can, you can still do some of the things we've already spoke about. Um, seller concession, right? You can rope your closing The same costs. rules apply. Yeah. You, There's so no you got, difference. Right. 10% down, no PMI. You're buying that lakefront house or riverfront. Uh, you're going to rent it out, make some coin off it, and use it with your either yourself, your family, friends, and then use seller concessions. So right. now you're putting even less down, and we uh, and you you're getting go, the residential rate. Yeah, residential rate, and uh, and also for those of you who missed, we did an episode on like terminology. And so that is going to change your cash on cash return, right? If you're putting less money down, it's going to positively impact your cash on cash return. When we're talking about how much did I take out of my pocket to buy this place and how much am I bringing in annually, right? So you you have Which so is many never options. a bad thing. Never a bad thing. You want to come out of pocket as little as possible. It always gets it back me. as fast. You get this with buyers sometimes when they uh like you work with some buyers that are like pinching pennies, right? And it's like it's stressful and you're really working hard with the numbers. We also have clients that they have a lot of money. I mean, you you and I have both worked with clients with a lot of money. And uh, I get people who are like well, I don't know. The 10% down, no PMI, that sounds great, but I think I'm going to throw like another $40,000 at this and, and get my payments down. And I go, that's great. Let me educate you. If you put that extra money down, you have 40 grand out of your pocket gone. Your monthly payment is going to change X. So I'm like, had you kept that 40 grand and bought an investment property, Right, you're not like you can now more pay your saving. mortgage. Right, like you know, yeah. you start to break it down, and people go, "Wow, I never thought of it that way. I always thought I should just like get out of debt as quickly as well, possible." Well, that's what you know. I just had this conversation with a, a friend, uh, Tom of mine. Actually, he's buying uh, a house for his family, and we got on the the talk about arms. And I, because I originally had said to him, he was telling me about his thirty year fixed rate. I said, "That's awesome." I said, "Can I just ask you how come you didn't consider an adjustable rate?" And he said, uh, I just, I don't know. And I don't know anything about them. So yeah. we ha had the conversation. We broke it down and I showed him exactly what he's saving just in interest payments. And the eyes, his eyes lit up and he was like, well, I was, you know, was going to go with a 30 or a 15 because I want to pay it off as soon as possible. Yeah. I said, that's great to have that mindset. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't you rather be in a position where you're paying monthly at a lower amount as your baseline. Mm -hmm. And if you have the extra money 
to throw at it that month and go ahead as opposed to setting your standard to what the bank's requiring you to pay is a higher payment. And then God forbid someone gets hurt or loses a job and now you can't make that high payment. Yeah. You can always put extra money at something. Yeah. You know, that's why coming out of pocket that 40,000 upfront, there's so many things that you could do with that money. It's not going to, you have it, let it work for you. Yeah. And, And a safety net. I mean, we could do a whole episode on this too, but like that, that person that talked about putting the extra 40 grand down, I asked him point blank because I always tell uh, clients and even friends when we're talking about investments, I'm like, just be an open book. I'll tell you exactly how much I have to work with if we're going to go into business together because we need to figure it out. So you as a buyer, I want to know, like, just be open with me. Tell me I have $52,000 in the bank. That's it. Right. So they told me they're going to spend the 40 grand and like, yeah, you know, but then once we get our tax refund back and everything like that, like we can replenish our savings. And I'm like, wait a minute, that 40 grand is like your, your safety net. They're like, yeah, but we'll just knock down our payments. I'm like, that's crazy. Keep the 40 grand in the bank. And then every month you, how many months would it take to chew up that 40 grand from your monthly payment. I'm like, you're talking about a couple decades of payments. Keep your safety blanket. Don't, don't offload that. God forbid, like you said, you lose a job or something like that. Now you can't make your payment at all. You keep the 40 grand in the bank. Okay. You're paying an, you know, an extra X amount of dollars a month and you're okay. Right. Even if you both lose your job or you, you go on vacation for two years, you're fine. You come back, you can pay it. And to know that that's fine is to know what the, tools that the bank really gives you yeah right and again that is the type of loans you're going to be getting your interest rates the fact that you can do secondary home loans there are so many different tools just again we there's so many things to talk about as far as what your tools are but we're talking specifically ones that are provided by uh public lender like a bank yeah yeah your federal credit unions and everything and also not just outright purchasing a home, refinancing, right? There was a refinance boom last year because rates were so low. I mean, people thought like, oh my God, I got 3.75, right? Going back a couple or a few years. Then they're like, yeah, I'm actually, I can't believe this, but I'm going to refinance because I'm getting 2.5, right? So they dropped one and a quarter. And obviously it's their forever home. So it made sense. I mean, if you were going to refi and then sell in a year, you're losing the closing costs. You're not going to recoup it. There, there are, there are timelines you need to think about how long is it going to take me to recoup this money? Does it actually make sense? But the same thing when people buy a house, they do the PMI buyout. Yes. Oh, but then right, they'll right. sell their house in two years, but yeah, it costs like, oh, them six man, grand just, to buy out the PMI. I, I know. When I hear people do that, I'm like, P- you want to think about short and long-term goals right. and then how this affects you immediately and then also in the future. Yeah. So yeah, it's really important to do. And I think, you know, refinancing or just outright purchasing a home, people need to educate to execute, like we said last week in our last podcast, but just know that there are loans out there that fit for everyone. And the thing I said earlier too was, if the numbers work, they work. People are, are yeah. people are bitching about the rates, but you know what? If you see something and you crunch the numbers and the cash on cash return is there and it's a good building, buy it. The best way to really do it is just talk to the lender Yeah, and be honest with them. There's, there's no reason to hide anything because if no. you decide to go with a loan, you're going to have to provide them you, everything they anyway. See, yeah. They see your finance. Your, they see your naked finances. Right. That's how it so is. So be man. upfront because they're in the business. You know, they don't want to not loan to you. That's how they make money. <laughs> right. So if you if you call them or you go there and you're straightforward and you say, hey, listen, I make $60,000 a year. I have this amount of payments every month. 
I have this amount in the bank. I can afford this. And this is what I'm looking to do. Can you get me there? Yep. They're going to run all the numbers and they're going to say, yes, we can. You're going to have to go with a 10-year adjustable to get the rate because it's going to get you in the payment zone that we need you. Or, yeah, we can get you there, but you're going to, you know, really going to want to go with the 30-year fixed, even though it's a higher rate right now. Whatever the heck the case may be, that's how you get there. That's They're providing you with those tools. They're there for a reason. They want you to use them. They wouldn't just create a loan that they didn't think was applicable to anybody. Yeah. Yep. It's not doing anyone any good. Yep. So just reach out and talk to talk to a lender. Let yeah, them break and, everything down for you. And if it's a, you know, you get, there are black line policies that people cannot cross, right? There are guidelines and regulations that you cannot adjust. And then there are other things that are adjustable with portfolio lenders. I mean, I, I've, I never knew this, but I was listening to a podcast and this one guy was shopping around loans and, uh, he was told by a bank, like, here, here's our rates, blah, blah, blah. And it's early in his career. He's, he's probably twice our age and he's got a huge portfolio, but, um, he, he learned the hard way, just not shopping around. And then after a while he started shopping around and he asked a question to a lender and it opened his mind and mine. Now he said, Hey, I love the origination fees. I love everything you're saying, but you are a quarter point higher than the person I'm going to go with. Can you match it? And if, if, first of all, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So he, he just threw it out there. Like, I don't know, maybe this guy could do it. And he goes, you know what? Let me talk to some underwriters or, or the board or whatever it was. And uh, let me talk to him. And then he got back to him the same day. He goes, if, if that's what's going to get your business here, we will take off that quarter point. And over the 30 years of the millions and millions that was in on that loan, I mean, that, that, that's that tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars he right. saved just because of that. And it was crazy. It opened up my mind. Like, you can just ask a lender, hey, can you match this other rate? Sometimes they can't. And it's not the person, it's the product. They cannot move or manipulate that number. But sometimes they can. Yeah. So, And it's business at the end of the day. There's yeah. no, it's not nothing personal about it. Right. Yeah. Don't take it personally. So. Yeah. With that being said, hopefully everybody got a little bit out of that, you know, reach out to the lenders, ask them what products they have. That is your toolbox. There are so many different ways to approach that, you know, certain scenarios, but you have to know what they have. Again, we've talked about the arms, we've talked about the fixed rates, but there's other stuff there, you know, the secondary loans, things of that nature. Yeah. Reach out, ask questions and use the tools that they're providing for you because they're they want you to succeed. Yes, right. If you don't succeed and they foreclose on you, that that that's not the ultimate goal. You know the other thing I was thinking about too, uh just having perspective on things. You know, how much do you get paid hourly, right? You can ask somebody that and some people are W2s. They're like, "Yeah, I, I get paid $32 an hour or whatever it is." Um when people are looking into different products, The fact of the matter is doing a handful of hours, not even weeks or months, but a handful of hours of research could save you tens of thousands of dollars over the next 10, 20, 30 years. So like block off the time, call every bank, call them all and say, this is what I'm looking to do with an investment or a single family home and live in. What do you have for me? Talk to all of them because you might be on the phone for five, six, seven, eight hours one day or even a whole week of research. But if it's going to save you tens of thousands, I'm like, 
hey man, would you like to go work Monday through Friday this uh, this week? And then over the next 20 years, you're going to make 75,000 because of it. Yeah, you would do it. Absolutely. So, so that being said, I hope everybody is having a great Thursday. Crush the rest of the week. Have an absolutely amazing weekend. Most importantly, don't forget. Got to amplify yourself and everybody around you, baby. 